Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth we may find freedom, and in your will discover your peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. When someone is all in, it means that they are committed to something, a task, an endeavor, something that they're doing. They're willing to invest and give of their energy and their resources towards that thing. Maybe you might be all in in your relationships, committed, devoted, completely to making sure things work, because we know relationships can be tough. Maybe you're all in at work because you've got that one job, you've got to get done, that project that has to get completed. So you put everything into that time. We've also heard this phrase used in gambling games. When you lay all your chips on the table, again, all your resources, you are all in. This phrase can be associated with a certain amount of risk, a certain amount of vulnerability. Another definition that I found states that someone who is all in is unreservedly involved, without reservations, openly. Can we be all in in our worshiping? Can we worship without reservations, openly, using all our resources? Before we read our scripture for today, let me give a little background so you know where we are, so we have the context here. In John 4, we meet the Samaritan woman at the well. She had come to the well to get a drink, and there she was greeted by Jesus. Jesus asked her for a drink. After some discussion, Jesus tells her of the living water that only he can provide, and that those who drink will never be thirsty again. It's a beautiful story, a story about acceptance, and ultimately about salvation through Jesus Christ. But there's more. Our reading today comes from John 4, verses 19 through 24. I believe in your uh, pew Bibles, it's on page 969, or you can follow on the screen. The woman said to him, Sir, I see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Worship. We're here to worship. What is worship? What's it meant to be? So when you're researching things, obviously we all go to the internet to find out and Google, what is worship? What is the perfect worship service? 
I found this. Now, it's really small, but that's okay, because I want to make sure I can read this to you so you can understand what perfect worship services can be. In order to meet the needs and desires of every church member and visitor, a set of earphones is available at each seat. This will allow you to hear the worship service style and pre-recorded sermon of your choice. If a sermon would offend you, you can elect to listen to quiet music or nature sounds during the preaching. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not exactly what we know worship to be, but that would definitely be something some people would like. During the meeting of Jesus and the woman at the well, Jesus says these few sentences about worship, sentences that could easily be overlooked when reading the passage, but sentences that can help us better understand what worship is supposed to be. Now, I know there are some beautiful messages here in this, in this verse that we just read in the verses, but we're going to focus today just on worship. Jesus says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. So up here on the screen, we have Mount Gerizim and the Samaritan temple that would have been out there. So that's what they were referring to. This is the mountain that the, the Samaritans would have been worshiping on during this time. So Jesus is saying, not that mountain, not in Jerusalem. But he's not telling her that she can't worship in those places. Jesus is saying that the time would soon come where it was no longer necessary to go to any specific location, that worship would not be tied to a location. We can worship God in all places because of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. We can worship here. We can worship in our homes. When I talk to the preschoolers, we talk about worshiping and praying and praising God. It's everywhere, on the playground, at school, at work. We can worship anywhere. Jesus continues by telling the woman that she worships what she does not know. This is likely in reference to her being a Samaritan because a Samaritan's worship of God was not founded on knowledge and love. It was founded on ignorance and fear. Those things lead to what we could call false worship, both selective worshiping, where you pick out only what you really want to know about God and kind of leave out the stuff you don't really want to know, and things like taking scripture completely out of context. That's why it's important that we understand what we're talking about. It can also lead to superstitious worship, where you worship out of fear because of what might happen if you don't do it. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to worship out of a desire to worship God. So that's the difference, what he was talking about. The scripture passage wraps up saying, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Aha! Now we're getting a little bit more specific. Worship in spirit and truth. Time to dissect it a little bit so that we make sure we understand what this means. So first, let's start with worship. What is the definition of worship? 
In the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it says to show or honor somebody with reverence for a divine being or supernatural power, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. The Cambridge English Dictionary says to love, respect, admire someone or something very much. In some ways, we could say when we worship someone or something, we are declaring and responding to its worth in our lives, its value. We worship what we value. The biblical definition of worship is the giving of our entire selves, our thoughts, and our emotions to God's use. See, worship isn't about a specific time or place. Our entire lives should be an act of submission, an act of worship. Worship is therefore 24-7. And when we truly worship God in all aspects of our lives, it affects the way that we live. Okay, we got worship, but what is a spirit and truth thing? Worshiping in spirit, we worship in spirit through loving God with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, with our strength, with every ounce of our being to be all in. Worshiping God in spirit means we're putting everything we are into our worship, not holding back, not being distracted, using every part of ourselves and every resource that we have, all in worship. This is not an easy thing to do. It can actually be extremely exhausting. But if we're being honest with ourselves, who here is distracted right now? Who here is thinking about something other than God? I'll be the first to admit, I've done it. I get distracted. Oftentimes, I'm thinking about the logistics of what's going on in here. Did I light the candles? I did. Check. Good. Um, is everything set up? Is the air conditioning on the right temperature, or is it even working? You may have noticed this morning when you were coming in, the doors. We're working on the doors. Are the doors working? Are they opening? Is my phone on silent? Ooh, oh, no. So we get distracted because of everything that's happening around us. We get distracted because of life. So to be all in with our worship is really kind of difficult to let go of all those other things. But when we do, man, it's amazing. For me, the time that I'm all in, the time that I really feel the most connected and, and really just feel God's presence is when I get a chance to sing praises to God. When we're singing with the choir, when I'm listening to music, that's my thing, that's how I connect the best. And y'all know it, because you see me, you see when I've gotten emotional, and trust me, it's not an act, because ugly crying the way I cry, is, it's not musical at all. So it, it really, truly, I get overwhelmed. And I think I've seen some of y'all get overwhelmed too. And it could be anything, it could be, you walk in and maybe the flowers that May has so beautifully prepared for us remind you of someone who loved those flowers and you just immediately connect and you pray to God. It could be anything that's happening, but are you there? Are you connected? But it's not just that, because remember, worshiping the spirit in spirit is to be sincere, to be intentional. Are you coming here and sitting in the pews and doing the motions? 
where's your heart? Is it sincere in what you're doing? God knows. God knows if you're being intentional. The words that we use during a worship service, the actions, the motions, the liturgy, the songs, the colors, everything that we do, it's very, very intentional. And we're going to talk more about that part next week in part two of worship. Let's move on to truth. Truth is gained through knowledge, right? That's how we learn what's right and what's wrong. And we can only know that and have that if we get to know our Lord. Maybe worshiping in truth is a little easier for everybody to understand because we understand what the word truth means. So it's a little simpler. We need to make sure that our worship is theologically grounded. This also goes back to being intentional. Is what we are doing during our worship service truly honoring and glorifying God? Quick disclaimer, does this mean that everything that we say that we do, that we sing, is going to be perfect. No. But remember, if it's sincere, God knows what's in our heart. If we mess up, if something doesn't go right, it's okay. We're still worshiping because God knows that we're present with him at that moment. In addition, worshiping in truth is believing that God has already revealed to us, what God has already revealed to us in his word and through his son, Jesus Christ. But we can't believe if we don't know. So worshiping in truth is knowing who our God is, and we do that how? Read our Bibles, go to Sunday school class, come here on a Sunday morning, listen to each other, commune with each other to learn more about God. Those are our resources. That's the all-in part of the truth, right? Using all those resources to know. As we celebrate Reformation today, we remember how Luther challenged those during his time to understand the truths presented in the Bible. The truths that we mentioned earlier, God's grace through Jesus Christ, salvation by faith alone, not by works, the importance of Scripture, God's Word in our lives, You see, we, like Luther, need to study the Bible. We need to learn who our God is and how we're supposed to live our lives. But remember, worship is not just about what we do here. So how do we worship out there when we leave? Obviously, we can share what we know. We can talk about God. We can share our faith with others. Our testimonies can be amazing truths to those people that may have not heard anything like that before. It's a great way to worship God. But you can also worship by being joyful. Remember Peppa Pig that was up on the screen a few weeks back? Being joyful. Yes, there's a time for lament. And when we would lament, man, you better cry out. Cry out and pray. But when we go through our lives every day, we can be joyful. And when we're happy, people want to be around us. And that's a great opportunity to talk to people about God because they want to be with us. At work and at school, we can worship by choosing our words and our actions carefully, knowing that our lives are a visual and audible representation of God's love for us. This goes back to Ferdy talking about driving an I-4. If your bumper sticker says, I'm a Christian, and you're doing something you shouldn't, that's not a very good representation, right? Right? 
And that's hard to do. It's hard to be in that moment every time and really think about how we are supposed to act and what we are supposed to say. But we have to. We have to be all in. We have to try to do those things. So now we have a slight understanding of what it means to worship in spirit and truth. But trying to find that balance during a worship service can be a challenge. See, if you go too heavy on the spirit side, it can be overly emotional and extremely showy. But if you go too heavy on the truth side, y'all are just gonna fall asleep. And then nothing's gonna work. So next week, when we talk about worship some more, we're gonna talk about the hows and the whys of what we do for our worship service, easier for me to say, huh? Mm -hmm. Worship services here at PCOL. But worship won't stop when you walk out. You still need to worship in all that you do. And in doing so, we express the worthiness of our God to be worshiped and glorified. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is the only one that we should worship and glorify. In worshiping God outside these doors, we show others how important and valuable our God is to us. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. My friends, it's not optional. When we worship God, we must worship in spirit and truth with every ounce of our being, using all of our resources, with dedication and with understanding the truths that are known to us through what we learn in the Bible through God's word. Friends, we have to be all in in our worship. Amen?